Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. So happy you could join us on this last Ralph Report of the week because it's a Friday. Not just any Friday. It's a hot fudge Friday. Yeah! Hot fudge on the What's going on? Hot fudge on the morning. Indeed. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the Rear Admiral himself, the Sheriff of Ghost Town, Eddie Penny. Holy God, holy God. It's Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo-ho, Eddie. Yo-ho, indeed. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, what am I doing this weekend? I don't... uh, My kids got some flag football games. Yes. So we're doing that. Sweet. And then uh, I'll watch actual real football that I want to watch. Yes. I'll do that. Sweet. (laughs) That's about it. You? I thought, aren't you the guy who's got all the shit to do? Aren't you the guy who's so busy? You don't have On the weekends. Weekdays, I'm slammed with the chores. Weekends, it's, it's, it's kid time. The Ralph Report. I've got shit to do. Yeah. What about that? I do have shit to do. I'm building my kid's Halloween costume. That's a month-long process. Oh, for sure, yeah. He's going as Loki this year. Wow, that's going to be... Uh... So I had to build the staff with the little uh, mind stone in it. Oh, so it's it's going to be a chore. You got your work cut out It's a for pain, you. but I'm enjoying it. Well, good for you. You're a good dad. Yes. You should make him old school Loki with... The- the bright orange and green and the big horns coming That's what up I watched. That's why I tried to pitch that, but even though he wants the, the he MCU. Wants the cool, yeah. It was the cool Loki. He wants the MCU Loki. Well, that Loki's in the MCU. Uh, well, Richard yeah. Grant played him in the, in the in Disney Plus series. series yeah. He wants the cool one. Just I like know. Kids I today. Know. No appreciation for the classics. Right? Well, uh, good luck with all that stuff. Thanks. Kids, you are so smart because you joined us on this Friday, October 8th. Year of our goddess Lilith, 2021. Oh, hell, Lilith. It is right to give her thanks and praise. It's also right to thank her for today's show because it is chock full of wonderment and speciality. If that's a thing. Speciality is a thing, right? Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, it's Friday. That means our pal Steve Ashton will be joining us oh, today. Oh, he had yes. a good trip, do you know? He had a good trip, that's and good. he's back with his UK update. He'll also be joining us for the Video Vault segment, where we're going to pick three scary movies, because we're getting into the Halloween season. <laughs> None of these films are scary, by the way. Without having consulted with each other at all, we all picked <laughs> Goofy horrible vampire movies. I was wondering if you guys are going to pick ones like that, too. Here's the thing about vampires. It's very hard to be scared by vampires anymore. Yeah, it really is. Because it's just been played to death. Yeah. And it's kind of a silly notion. The, the guy with pointy teeth is going to come and bite your neck. Right. 
So the goofy ones are sometimes more enjoyable than the straight ones. And they started and they started veering that way a few decades ago. They started making more comedy based yeah. Dracula vampire type Because it's silly, silly concept. Yes, it's insane. So we'll take a look at three vampire movies for the video vault this weekend. Entertainment news, of course, Jay Busby's gonna stop by with some NFL talk. Also, we'll uh touch on Urban Meyer. <laughs> Who's he gonna touch his on? His lap dance. Do you see the other video with the fingers up or crack? Yes. Wow. He's a horny little devil. Wow. He should put that focus into uh, coaching. Hey, wouldn't be 0-4. Maybe his team would be doing a little bit better. <laughs> He'd be owing something else. So much good stuff today, but uh, we got to get right into it because we're, we're jam-packed, as yeah. I mentioned. But do we have time for a little sex in the news? Oh, yeah. As I mentioned, we are in the uh, Halloween season. And what's scarier, by the way, than the Bates Motel there at uh, Universal Studios? That's pretty creepy. Oh, man. That's pretty creepy. That's where Norman would kill all his victims. His dead, decaying mother was upstairs in the, the rocking, rocking chair. chair. Norman! <laughs> is that you, Norman? Anyway, terrifying. Yeah. Especially for one particular L.A. County sheriff. Very scary for what? him. Yes. What happened? It cost him his job. That's what happened. What? Yeah. I want to tell you about this sheriff. I wish I had his name. They're not putting his name in these stories, and I guess I could see why. And it may be clear to you as we move forward with the story. <laughs> he got a little bit of trouble late last year. He was a L.A. County sheriff. As I mentioned, he has since lost his job. He has been fired, but he can appeal that, so maybe he'll be back on the force sometime soon. But he was assigned to Universal Studios Hollywood. Oh, okay. That's where he was working. And in fact, he had his car parked out there by the Bates Motel at one point. But he wasn't really fighting crime so much as he was apparently fighting the clasp of the bra of the woman that was in the car with what? him. What? Because that's when he proceeded to start to bang away in his patrol car with that There's young lady. There's a studio lady. tour going by like every 10 minutes there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know whether he was parked behind the motel or <laughs> in the space at the motel. <laughs> or maybe he was in one of the rooms at the motel. Maybe, maybe the rooms. But no, in fact, we know he was in his car. How do we know that, you may ask? How do we know that? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because dumbass had his... L.A. Sheriff's Department radio oh. on, and the microphone was keyed open so that everything that was happening in the car was being broadcast everywhere. Was going back to the dispatcher. Oh my god! Back at the L.A. County Sheriff headquarters. Wow! And how do we know that? Well, we have the tape. Oh no! I'm going to play for you a little of the audio. This is the audio that cost this sheriff his job. Parked there at the Bates Motel, and this is what the dispatcher was hearing. And you will hear the dispatcher breaking in, trying to let the sheriff know, "Hey, uh, your your mic's on. Hey, your mic's on." Repeatedly. <laughs> Here's a little of that audio. Oh, 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 o
Hey, 95 Ocean. <laughs> when you're done plowing whoever that is in your well, car. He was doing something right. You may want to, you may want to uh, turn off that microphone. <laughs> you have an open mic. Hey. You have, hey. Hey, you have a, hey. 95 Ocean. No, open, open mic. mic. Hey. <laughs> Excuse me. 95 Ocean. <laughs> Pardon me. Hello. 95 Ocean. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that sheriff is... Oh. No longer working for the force, oh. sadly. Well, he's got a career in other things, I think. Apparently. Wow. They were, they seemed very happy with each very other. Very pleased. Look, what kind of world do we live in if you can't use your badge to get a little, right. uh, little badge bunny action in the backseat of the cruiser? Better than that, she's out breaking the law somewhere. That's right. He's taking one last bad girl off the streets, in my opinion. <laughs> but what do I know? Anyway, that's today's Sex in the News. Let's turn our attention now to the Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do it. Send me an email. If you got the urge, ralph at theralphreport.com. You can talk to eddie at theralphreport.com or write steve at theralphreport.com as well. Also available on social media, all the usual places. And you can find us, well, not us, but me. You can find my ears waiting for you here on the Ralph Report Hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's open. Just got to dial up the number and leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. That number again, one 833 Hi, Ralph. Yeah. And I listen to all of the messages that are left, and I grab a handful. We put them here in Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Yesterday, we were talking about Al Martino, the great Italian singer who also played a role in the movie The Godfather. Yeah. And I was recounting the story that takes place in The Godfather where this fictional Italian singer says to Don Corleone, played by Marlon Brando, they won't let me in this movie. And he says, don't worry, I'll make him an offer he can refuse. Right. And we talked that about that offer, right. they're threatening the head of the studio by cutting off his beloved horse's head and right. putting it in bed with him. And I mentioned that was based on a true story. Mm -hmm. Completely forgetting that one of our Garmy members happens to be the grandson of Harry Cohn, who was the head of Columbia Pictures. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. At the time, Sinatra was desperate to get into the movie From Here to Eternity. And Harry Cohn didn't want him, and the mob stepped in to try to convince him otherwise. Here is the real story. Hey, everybody, this is Luke from Bumpuck, Alaska. I'm listening to today's show, and you got to the part about the Godfather and the horse head and all that, and I just called to give you a little bit of trivial knowledge that you may not have known that actually happened to my grandfather. It's based on real events. My grandfather was Harry Cohn, the, uh, the head of Columbia Pictures back in the day, and uh, the difference between the movie and reality is the they didn't put the horse head in his bed. They put it on his dining table. Oh. Um, so because they wanted uh, Sinatra to you know, be in his pictures, and he didn't want to. But no, that's what happened. Anyway, have a good one. Bye. Ouch. Wow. That's... Come out to have breakfast. See your horse's head there on the dining room table. It's frightening that that shit happened. Or hap it still probably still happens in some way. Oh, yeah. That's just frightening. Hey, you know what else the mob does? What? They kill people. I Eddie. know, but... That also is frightening, If I you're think. dead, you're dead. You don't, you're not experiencing the frighteningness of it. You're, but when, like, the fucking horse head, like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's a horse I, head. I'd rather my horse than me. That's how I feel about it, but <laughs> what do I know? Don't get angry at me. 
ASPCA or PETA or whoever's lurking out there waiting to cancel me. <laughs> you know, I love mistaken lyrics. I love people who listen to songs yeah. and just are completely wrongheaded about what the singer is singing about. Kelly found out just recently how wrong she was, found out from other Garmy members. <laughs> she was on the four-star live episode that oh, we did yesterday. okay chatting with other Garmy members. Right. And they were talking about misheard lyrics, and that's how she found out her mistake. So this is just 24 hours old. Fresh as today's <laughs> headlines. Hey, Ralph. This is Kelly from Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm calling because last night at the live stream, we were, you know, talking about the misheard lyrics and whatnot, and we were, you know, chatting about it, and I found out that I've been mishearing part of that song smooth criminal by michael jackson yes i always thought it was eddie are you okay eddie i found out last night it's annie <laughs> yeah, are you okay it is annie yeah. blew my mind <laughs> anyway had to tell you and out myself all right love you mean it bye kelly was worried about you eddie oh thank eddie, you are you okay thank are you, you okay eddie you can ask him see where she hears it eddie are you okay so just tell <laughs> kelly you're okay i'm okay kelly thank right. you we gave away the raffle this week that beautiful portrait of roland yes went to a a happy home and she called in to tell us how happy she was hi ralph betty crew this is garmin secret service member rebecca zimmer sorry it took me a while to call in this week but i had to get to a secure location and my handlers aka my six and seven year old made that a little difficult but i just wanted to say thank you because i am so excited that i won the roland raffle uh, i've been a fan of roland since his contributions to the radio show and i'm just so excited that i will soon have this to remember him and keep him in mind and all that jazz so love you mean it bye well i'm so glad that someone appreciates uh. the true star of this program and that rebecca will have me in a place of honor in her home because she's a big fan, as she mentioned, of mine. And so it's only right that she should have me in mm -hmm. a place where she can look at me <laughs> and perhaps get amorous feelings about me. Amorous feelings. Yes, mm. perhaps over her bed. <laughs> like on the ceiling, so. Yeah, <laughs> or on her nightstand in a in a waterproof frame. Waterproof, wow. Any wow. <laughs> Wow. Is any moisture involved? Oh, no. Wow. I think she's uh, she may have someone rolling already. She's got two kids. I don't care. I'd be an excellent father <sighs> to her children. Jeez. Maybe she has a husband rolling. Maybe there's there's already a father yeah. in the picture. You think of that? Well, there's plenty of me to go around. Okay. Male, female, husbands, right. wives. You, you, you swing both ways. I swing. I just want to swing. I just want to get <laughs> into the batter's box. That's <laughs> phrasing. That's all I care about. <laughs> just somebody give me an at bat, please. All right, Roland. We got to get rid of, ready for the show. All right. I'll just sit here. Oh, no, no, I'd rather please, you didn't. Please leave. Very uncomfortable having you staring at me like it's that. Your legs spread like that. Finally. <laughs> You'll miss me when I'm gone. 
It's always sad when he leaves. Do you miss him? No, not at all. Me not either. Me not either. <laughs> me not either. <laughs> me speak words. Me go. Me not sad. Living do. And lastly, you know, we play upbeat music on every episode of The Ralph Report to make your day a little bit better. We call them our happy hits. On Friday, we do things a little differently. We ask people to suggest film uh, music. Oh, my God. Are you okay? Did you have dental work done? Another sleepless night last night. Um, (laughs) Movie music is what Uh. we suggest because of the video vault segment. And so today's certainly applies. I love this song, too. Hey, Ralph, I got a happy hit for Friday. The movie day! Uh, I am going to request Maxine, I believe it's Nightingale? Yes. Yeah, Maxine Nightingale, right back where we started from. Man, this song was featured in the movie um, Slapshot mm-hmm. about 50 million times throughout the movie. But uh, God damn it, every time I watch Slapshot and that song comes on, it stays in my head for a good week or two. Anyways, Maxine Nightingale. Run, Matt, where we stay from. <laughs> I like your version better, but here's the original. <laughs> Maxine Nightingale, right back where we started from, from the movie Slapshot. Good stuff there. Yes. Thanks to everybody who called in today. We appreciate it. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment, but in order for that to happen, you got to call me.
All right, on Fridays, we give a lucky member of the Garmy a chance to win some fabulous cash and prizes, cash not included, on the Garmy Game Show. Today is no exception. Eddie Pence, once again, the quiz master, mm-hmm. has, has dedicated his himself to coming up with 10 questions yes. that I'm going to have to answer. Yes. If I get five of them right, that means some lucky member of the Garmy will also win. If I get none... Well, then Eddie Pence is going to send you an audio copy right. of his comedy special because nobody leaves here empty-handed. No one's a loser. If I get all 10... Never happened. Then you get today's prize plus the bonus grand prize, which is the video version of Eddie's right. comedy special. They all walk away winners. Oh, very exciting. It's time <laughs> for the Garmy Game Show. It's time for America's fastest-growing quiz sensation, the Garmy Game Show. With the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin. And the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Ralph Garmin. Thank you, John Cooperman. Welcome, everyone, to the Garmy Game Show, the game where a Garmy member could walk away with fantastic cash and prizes. Cash not included. Ralph Garmin, tell us what we'll be playing for today. Why, thank you, Ralph. Today, a lucky Garmin member could win the Ralph Report grab bag of swag. Including the Ralph Report shot class, the Ralph Report air pressure, and the Ralph Report notepad. Back to you, Ralph. Thank you so much, Ralph Garman. It's good he's sober this well, week. Well, we got to him early. That's why. true. You know, we get to him late. <laughs> we pick, pick, we, words. Are you sober? We pull the name of a Garmy member at random out of the uh, folks who send in emails requesting to be yes, put into the, the giant jumper. hopper in the room. Feel free to send Eddie or myself an email um, at the uh, email addresses. Put Garmy Game Show in the subject line so we know that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Today's contestant is Kayla Gomez. I believe it's Kayla or Kela, K-E-L-A Gomez in Simi Valley, California. Oh, it's right up the road. Not too far from here at all. So Kayla or Kela. You will be today's lucky, lucky contestant, we hope. I'll be playing hard for you, right? <laughs> Eddie Pence, once again, playing Quizmaster yes. today. Tell me what is the theme of today's well, Garmy game show. It, it's kind of, I kind of got the idea yesterday with the drawn in 60 seconds about ah, this football season. Football and season. And then I walk in the door here today to record, and you have your Eagles hat on. Yes, I do. So why not? What's better than a quiz about your Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, this is going to be... See how much you know about your Philadelphia Eagles. Potentially embarrassing <laughs> on so many levels, so, but I will do my best. There's some deep dives and there's some cake ones. So oh, boy. We'll see what happens. Oh, boy. I'll I'm give, really I'll give, bad with numbers and dates. You know that. Well, let's get a number one out of the way for the, for the sample question. The sample question. Okay. What was the Philadelphia Eagles' first season in the NFL? What year was their inaugural season? Well, that's simple. I know the, the year they were established was 1933. So there you go. Yeah. But you that's easy. Okay, well, I said some were easy, some are a little deeper. I'm going to take right, that there. one. Let's count that as a one. Let's count that as bonus one. All right, number one. All right. Who is Swoop? Swoop, there he is. Swoop, there he is. That's the Philadelphia Eagles mascot. There you go. There you we got go. one right. All right. What... Year or Super Bowl was the Eagles' first Super Bowl. So you can either give me the Super Bowl number or the year they appeared in their first Super Bowl. So you're giving me a question with numbers or dates, the two things that I'm worst at. Just tell me what Super Bowl it was or what year it was. Okay, I do not know what number Super Bowl it was. But now you're not talking NFL championships. You're talking Super Super Bowl. Super Bowl era. Super Bowl era. They played against the Raiders in 81, which was the 1980 football season. Nailed it. All right. There you go. go. Got two. 
Looking good. All right, what was the original name of the Philadelphia Eagles? Mm. I know this, but I can't recall it. That is the problem. Mm. The Philadelphia uh, fuck me's. <laughs> nope. Philadelphia fuck me's. That's not no. it. Philly fuckers. Philly. I would call them that. You bastard. Uh, the, the original name <laughs> was the. I, uh, I want to say. Just the just, athletics. No, that's the baseball team. I know, but I thought that they used to put all the same names on all the teams back in the, the day. The NFL actually considers the Philadelphia Eagles their original name. There was a year where they were dormant. From 31 was the Philadelphia Yellow Jackets. Yellow played, Jackets. They played their last season, but there was a dormant year, and then they restarted up again called the Eagles, the Eagles based off of FDR's New Deal. But they're originally the Yellow Jackets. Yes, but I would have accepted yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, too, as their original team. Well, there. that would have been a trick question, then. All right. I can't tell you it's a trick question when I ask you. Because then you would know. If I go, okay, here's a trick question, you'd be like, oh, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. I knew it was Yellow Jackets. Mm -hmm. I knew it was something well, like that. I almost said bumblebees. But that would have been wrong. What did Eagles head coach Buddy Ryan ah Buddy famously famously say about Hall of Fame future Hall of Famer wide receiver Chris Carter after he cut him? After he cut him, he meant it to be a uh, uh, he meant to he meant to criticize him. Hmm. But it doesn't come off that way. Hmm. It's a very famous quote from Buddy Ryan. Is you know, it is it famous? It is famous. Then why don't I know it? Uh, it was he said to him. Boy. You can paraphrase it. Doesn't have to be exact quote. I'll tell you this much: he's got a huge cock. That's not I it at all. That's not close. I, you don't. You don't think he, he may did. have said that in private? Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't even in private. It wasn't reported. It was widely reported. Chris Carter, he may have a drug problem, but one thing he's but got is a massive hog. Huge dick. What a what a piece of salami he's got hanging between his he, legs. He said, "All he does is catch touchdowns." Uh, Do you remember that quote? No. It was, every, it was everywhere. During World War II, for one season, the Eagles merged with the Pittsburgh Steelers due to roster shortages. Yeah, there were men fighting off fighting right. the Nazis, Eddie. But sorry, but Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania needed their football. Sorry, interrupted your little NFL fun, but we were fighting for the for the okay. liberty and freedom okay. of the world. Fine. Okay. They still played. What was their team name? Eagles and the Steelers combined into the Steagles. There you go. There we go. Got it. Which Eagles quarterback? Threw for 464 yards in one game, setting a team game record. Was it Donovan McNabb, mm -hmm. Sonny Jurgensen, mm -hmm. the Polish Rocket, Ron Jaworski, mm -hmm. or Randall Cunningham? Polish Rifle, by the way. Whatever. Not the Polish Rocket. Whatever. That's what he had between his legs. Oh, maybe was I, the Polish Rocket. Maybe I should ask you what that was. All right, give me the choices again. McNabb, Jurgensen, Jaworski, Cunningham. Uh, Single game record for passing yards. It was uh, Donovan McNabb. Got it. There we go. In 1985, the Eagles had the ninth pick of the NFL draft. Mm. They drafted eventual bust offensive lineman Kevin Allen, passing on which Hall of Famer wide receiver? Oh, my God. 85? Yes. Dude, fuck me. Um, you guys had a shot at I, this guy. I, I don't know what. But you were all about Mike Quick at the time. I don't remember the class of 85 draft. Sorry. Just name a Hall of Fame wide receiver. There's a lot of wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. Name the uh, Michael Irvin. Hey, no. Jerry Rice. Ah. You guys could have had Jerry Rice. He's pretty good. And you took Kevin Allen. He's a pretty good guy. He's, He's a, a yeah. pretty good ball catcher. 
The team, the team formed Eagles Fly for Leukemia as their official uh, philanthropic mission to raise money for- Philanthropic. Philanthropic, whatever. <clears throat> mission to raise money for pediatric cancer research and family support. Which well-known charity did the Eagles help develop? We would not have this charity today if it was not for the Eagles. Pediatric cancer and family support. I believe, only because I remember this charity starting in the city of Philadelphia, but I believe the Ronald McDonald House. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We would not have the Ronald McDonald House if it was not for Philadelphia. You're welcome. Once again. There you go. Curing cancer, saving lives. Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, this, one, this one should be easy. It's a 50-50. Oh, right. True right. or false, the Eagles played in the first televised NFL game. I don't believe that's true. I'm going to say that is false. That's true. <laughs> I didn't know whether to buzz or ding because it was true, but it was wrong. <laughs> they lost to the Brooklyn Football Dodgers huh. at a score of 23 to 14. Wow. Get, get that. What year was that? The first uh, 1939. Game? Really? About 500 people watched. I can imagine. No one had a television set. So here we go. Final question. Final question. The NFC East. NFC East. Four teams. Four teams. Washington. Washington Dallas, Dallas. New York and Philadelphia. York and Philadelphia. Have a combined 13 Super Bowl titles. Out of those Super Bowls, how many do the Eagles have? You <laughs> are a dirty, no good son of a bitch. You fiend. There's 13 Super Bowl championships in that division. How many do the Eagles have? You fiend. I would say... A grand total of one. <laughs> you one got two. it right. Yeah. You know your eagles. Yeah, I do. Kila, I did the math. I got six right there and four go. wrong. <laughs> that means you'll be getting that grab bag of goodies from the Ralph Report because I was able to not embarrass myself. <laughs> did you learn a little bit about your team? I did indeed. I'll never forget Yellow Jackets. I'll tell you that much. Congratulations, Kila. Thank you, Eddie Pence. Once again, excellent quizzing. That's today's Garmy Game Show. See you next time on The Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with the segment I call the Showbiz Beat. 
Woody Harrelson got in trouble in Washington, D.C. this week. Ooh, for what? He's making a movie there about the uh, Watergate conspiracy. Okay, another one? Yeah. Can't get enough of those. <laughs> How much more can we get out of that? This is about the actual break-in, I believe. Oh, the actual. It's about okay. the plumbers. There's some action. Yes. Nice. Uh, and he punched a guy in the face. Woody did? Outside the Watergate Hotel there in Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department looked into it, and they have decided that it was self-defense. Hmm. Apparently, uh, a man was taking photographs of Harrelson and his daughter. Oh. Harrelson approached the man, asking him to please delete the photos. Witnesses say the man appeared intoxicated, lunged at Harrison, and attempted to grab his neck. Wow. At that point, Woody Harrelson then punched the man in the face. So police are regarding it as an act of self-defense. He was not the aggressor, so he will not be charged. So... I thought Woody Harrelson was a stoner. I thought he was a little more laid back than that. But yeah, yeah but when you got your kid involved, yeah, I don't blame that's a different him. thing. I would have I punched yeah. the guy too. We have yet another gender reverse in a rebooted movie franchise. This one is very interesting. Hmm. The uh, franchise is the Hellraiser movies. Oh, really? This time there's going to be a female pinhead. Oh, that's interesting. It's going to be Jamie Clayton, one of the stars of the series The L Word, Generation Q. And so they're bringing back Pinhead, but this time it's going to be a lady pinhead. If you know anything about the franchise, you know uh, Pinhead runs the uh, world of uh, mutated torturers there, the uh, Cenobites, I think mm-hmm. they're called. And so there's going to be a lady Pinhead this time. That's fine with me. That, that doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any, doesn't bother me at all. Because it's sort of like almost an alien creature with hobneb, yeah. hobnails sticking out of its face. I don't need a gender assigned to that creature. No, but I'm. I think this is the beginning. I bet next up, female female Jason. Yes. Or J-A-Y, Frida, Frida Krueger. <laughs> We're going to see it all. And why not? Michelle Myers. That's right. This is exciting news. Mm-hmm. Boy, this uh Catherine Hahn. Her career's just blowing up. She's awesome. She's amazing, but yeah. she's been amazing for years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, she's playing, we mentioned uh, Joan Rivers and the story of uh, Joan Rivers' life. Right. And now it looks like Disney Plus is going to give her her own spin-off series from WandaVision. Ooh, Agatha? Agatha all along. Oh, that's great. Apparently is going to get its own story. Uh, of course, if you saw WandaVision, you know she played the role of Agnes, the nosy neighbor, on all the TV versions of Wanda's and Vision's life together. But then it was revealed that she, in fact, was Agatha, a powerful witch in her own right. And it looks like we're going to see her backstory and perhaps a you know, solo adventure. I wouldn't mind Agatha. a little prequel with her. That'd I be wouldn't good. either, especially because it goes back to the uh, Salem witch trials, witch trials and stuff. And yeah. stuff That's so. always fun. That could be cool. I love the witch trials. <laughs> That's always interesting to America learn America at its finest. <laughs> Adele has said that she was hurt by brutal comments about her weight loss. Hmm? from women, surprisingly. Hmm. She's on the cover of both American and UK Vogue, first woman ever to be on the cover of both at the same time, by the way. And she's talking about her loss of about 100 pounds over a two-year period. First time she's really been talking about it, she says that it came about not so much because of any diet that she was on, but she became addicted to working out. She was dealing with a tremendous amount of anxiety, and someone suggested that some physical exercise might help her and uh, relieve her mood. And so she started working out and she found herself addicted to it. She said, I could have been addicted to anything, knitting or anything else, but it just became working out. She works out two or three times a day. Wow. That's nuts. That's a lot. Um, People were shocked. I didn't share my journey, she says in quotes, as if I was looking for a get a deal with a diet brand or something else, but I couldn't give a flying fuck. (laughs) 
I did it for myself, <laughs> not anyone else. So why would I ever share it? I don't find it fascinating. It's just my body. Hmm. Yeah, but she found a way to deal with her stress, and she did it. Yes, yeah. but she said a lot of women, in particular, came out and sort of shamed her for losing the weight because what? she was sort of the poster child for women who say. Weight doesn't matter. Body shapes, all body shapes are beautiful. Right. She can accept herself at a larger size, and we love her for that. Right. And then when she started dieting, they thought maybe she was doing it for vanity's sake. Maybe she did it to feel better about herself. And so they started to slam her. The worst part of the whole thing was what the most beautiful, brutal conversations that were being had by other women about my body. It was very fucking disappointing. I, that hurt my feelings. They also, she was offended by the suggestion that because she was getting a divorce, that in some way she was losing weight to try to get a new man or something. Hmm. She, I think that it's people love to portray a divorced woman as spinning out of control, like, oh, she must be crackers. She must be must have decided she wants to be a hoe because what is a woman without a husband? It's bullshit. Wow. Also, that whole thing of like, oh, she gets a revenge body. Oh my God, suck my dick. She says, <laughs> I, I love her. I do so I, much. I do love her so much too. She's Fuck. the best. I love how people project all their feelings onto somebody else. Isn't that always the way? Especially if you're not out there you know, hawking your diet plan on the right. Today Show or something. She just did it privately by herself and people made all these kind of speculations. Jesus. And right on cue, there was a, a big hullabaloo on The View this week. Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank was on talking about uh, this company she had started with an entrepreneur about new jeans for all different body sizes for women. Okay. And she was on there and Whoopi Goldberg asked her, if they made it in size to fit her because she has put on some weight since COVID. She calls it her COVID ass. And that's when Barbara Corcoran just slammed her what? on The View, upsetting a lot of people. Here's the audio. Okay, if they fit three, no, two COVID butts, <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, she's, she's acting yeah, like she got some behind. And when you get finished with those jeans and decide you don't like them, give them to me, I'm going to make two pairs. Oh, All right. Oh, 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 Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Saying she could make two pairs of regular Ow. jeans out of Whoopi's size. Oh my God. And there was a awkward silence in the studio. And she has since come forward and apologized for her comment. Wow. But that's what Adele was talking about. That's women making so... shitty comments about other women's wow. weight <laughs> issues. Oh my God. That was well out of line. Dog the Bounty Hunter's daughter is stepping forward saying <laughs> this whole Brian Laundry hunt. <laughs> Is a publicity stunt. No. Yes. No. His, his daughters hate him, by the way. How? Uh, How can you hate Cecily him? Cecily Chapman came forward and said he needs to back off and let the FBI handle it. It's just a publicity stunt. That's what it really is. A real network would be aware of the situation that I'm pretty sure everyone knows this is a fucking publicity stunt, she said regarding her father trying oh, to get God. his face back on television by hawking the Brian Laundry hunt as a new TV series to his old network a and &E. Those poor daughters. Yeah. Netflix is in the news. Have mm -hmm. you been following the Squid Game mania thing that's going on? No. Squid Game is the hottest thing on Netflix right What's now. What's Squid Game? It is a South Korean show that is an ultra-violent um, version of a reality show. It's a drama. Okay. But it takes place in the not-too-distant future where 400 people who are in severe debt are given the chance to compete in children's games mm -hmm. on a playground for a grand cash prize. But the catch is, if you are eliminated in the game, they kill you on the spot. 
Oh. And apparently it's ultra violent and very dark and grim. Hmm. And it's becoming a worldwide phenomenon. It's called Squid Game. I don't think we need more violence. I don't think I can watch it because I've heard it's brutally violent yeah. and, and very depressing. Everybody goes on is like, all the contestants, the characters are you know, deep in debt or dying or they're trying to raise money for their families yeah. or something. It just seems that pretty sounds, grim. I don't me. want to watch that at all. But the reason it's in the news is because South Korea, unlike American productions, they don't fake phone numbers. Yeah. So one of the characters keeps using a phone number in the storyline, and it belongs to somebody. There's a woman in South Korea named Kim Gil-young who has a dessert shop. <laughs> with the same phone number as the number of one of the contestants in the Squid Game TV show. She says she's receiving thousands of calls and texts per day. Wow. From people bombarding her, thinking that maybe it's part of the game and they should be participating in a larger game by calling this phone number up looking for clues and stuff. Oh my God. She's under doctor's care because she now has an acute stress disorder <laughs> because she can't tell whether someone's calling with a Squid Game fan or whether someone's trying to get a hold of her for her business. Oh, that sucks. So, it was her private number, she could just change it, but it's her business line. That's what she said. They that offered sucks. to change her number, and she said, I've got it on printed on advertising, and I've got it in the phone books and stuff. I can't change this. That sucks. So uh, she's currently in negotiations Poor with woman. them. What's that I smell? It must be a lawsuit. That's what I smell. <laughs> All right, let's take a look today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on October 8th. Robert Cool Bell of Cool and the Gang is 71 years old today. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Come on in. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Get down on it. Michael Dudikoff, the American ninja himself, mm. 67 wow. years old today. Daryl Hammond of Saturday Night Live is 66. Bella Thorne, former teen thing, kid show star. Now she's showing off all, everything she's got over there on OnlyFans. Good for her. 24 years old today. Actor Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee himself, Ooh. is 82. He's 82. That's a knife. That's a knife. That's not an enlarged prostate. This is an enlarged prostate. So when he was in his like mid to late forties, in his prime, like his yeah, he peak... he broke late in life. Wow, he was he was a star already in the in Australia, right, but, but didn't become a worldwide a phenomenon until that movie. Emily Proctor from CSI Miami is fifty three. Matt Damon is fifty one today. Molly Quinn from Castle is twenty eight. Singer Fred Cash of the great R and B group The Impressions is eighty one. People get ready as a train a coming. You don't need no. Just get on board. Chevy Chase is 78. Damn. Today, R.L. Stein, author of the Goosebumps novels, is 78 as well. Arian Love of the Stylistics is 72. Sigourney Weaver is 72 as well. Hmm. Stephanie Zimbalist. We remember her from Remington Steel, of course, is 65. Singer Steve Perry of the Cherry Poppin' Daddies is 58. Super talented actor Ian Hart is 57. Christana Loken, who was one of the Terminators. She was the female Terminator. Mm -hmm. 
She's 42 years old. Angus T. Jones, the half man from Two and a Half Men. He's 28 now. Wow. Wow. Noelle Skaggs of Fitz and the Tantrums is 42. TRR favorite Nick Cannon is 41 today. Ew. Kim Wayans of the Acting Wayans family is 60. And singer-songwriter Bruno Mars is 36. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Girl said you hallelujah. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Cause Uptown Funk don't give it to you. Saturday night and we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. He was traveling earlier this week. We missed him. Now he's back. He's our UK correspondent. It's time for Steve Ashton and the UK Update. Steve. Steve. Steve, Steve Ashton. Oh, Ralph, you make Christopher Lee look like Harper Lee. <laughs> hey, Sir Elton's in the news. What's up with old Reg? Sir Elton will be releasing a Christmas single for the first time in years, which inexplicably is a big thing here in the UK for some reason. What's going to be Christmas number one? Um, and it's going to be a duet. Can I, can you uh, play a little game with me? Do you want to guess who it is? I'll give you three guesses. Three guesses. Uh, Elton mm. John doing a duet with Paul McCartney. Nope. No. All right. Uh, doing a duet with uh, Celine Dion. No. Final guess. Uh, Adele. Ed Sheeran's announced he will be releasing uh, a Christmas song with Sir Elton John. Well, that's Christmas <laughs> fucking cancelled in my house then. <laughs> the, the I'm going to turn Jewish. The Wet Cartoon confirmed to a Dutch radio station that he'd been collaborating with Elton John after the two musicians spoke on Christmas Day last year. He said, <clears throat> If you wait two months, you will see there's something coming in December and it's great. Elton rang me on Christmas Day to say Merry Christmas. Elton rings me almost every single day. That'll uh, likely be, though, I think, that'll probably be Elton shouting something like, oh, shitting, telling us arseballs. And then Alexa automatically <laughs> phoned Sheeran. <laughs> That's what I imagine. He went on to say, uh, step into Chris... Oh, uh, so he oh hang on, uh, there's two voices here. Um, so he said... Step into Christmas is number six in the charts. I'm 74 and still getting chart hits. This is great. I want to do another Christmas song. Will you do it with me? So Sheeran's also recently joined the vo the voice um, on US television as a mega mentor, whatever the fuck that means. So no doubt he'll instantaneously make whomever he mentors as bland as he is, and then basically nick the whole of their material. Because <laughs> that's he's got form for that. Hey, uh, Chancy, ending the week uh, with a bit of Bond news. I'm surprised you used to have some, but yes. Well, this is a bit like the dregs. This is the vinegar strokes, really, of... <laughs> of uh, this is like having your eighth wank of the day. There's not really much left, but, you know, the, the heart's willing. Anyway, Daniel Craig has been honoured, Ralph, with a star on, a on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I heard, yeah. 
Yeah. A week after his final James Bond movie was released, he became the uh, 2,704th celebrity to have his name placed on the on Hollywood Boulevard. And the address is 7007. That's pretty uh, cool, isn't it? That's very cool. His star was unveiled in a rare evening ceremony and was introduced by Bond producers Michael Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, as well as No Time to Die co-star Rami Malek. Now, he said uh, he's apparently he's just yards away from Sir Roger Moore, who's got a star there, who played 007, of course, uh, between 1973 and 85. Now, Craig, who's played James Bond since 2006, said it was an absolute honour to be walked on all over in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, Daniel <laughs> Craig there. Now, Craig, whose final Bond movie, of course, No Time to Die, has enjoyed what is apparently being called a blistering opening at the box office, mainly down to the fact that there are no other movies fucking playing at the minute. There's <laughs> only Bond on every fucking screen. Um, he said, uh, if happiness was measured by the company we keep, then me being on this pavement surrounded by all these legends makes me a very, very, very happy man. Is that uh. is that's a nice sentiment, isn't it? Happiness measured by the company you keep. You must yes. be fucking suicidal seeing Edwin every day. Oh, stop. I'm kidding. I bet he wears a, hel- a helmet on a peloton, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> did um, I bet he sits on the TV and watches the sofa. Do you? Did you know not every Bond has got a star on a Hollywood Walk of Fame? So, of course, I mean, you wouldn't expect George Lazenby to have one. He's only done one movie. And, you know, the ones that uh, old, what's his name, did were shit, weren't they? Yeah, what's Dalton. his name? Fucking Dal- Dalton, yeah. Um, but Pierce Brosnan has got one. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. But um, guess who hasn't? And you probably can guess because you've named everyone there. It just leaves us <laughs> with Sean. David Niven, no. Yes, Sean, <laughs> Sean Hollywood. Sean, Sean fucking Connery hasn't got a start. Can you believe that? Sean, fucking Piers Brosnan has got one, but no Sean. You need to get onto that, Ralph. You and your liberal Hollywood elitists. Have a word with the fucking <laughs> queen, and, queen and lord and lady of Hollywood. I'm not 100% clear, by the way, on how it all works out there with you fucking weirdos. But surely you can... You know, you can have a word with your Hollywood insiders and get him a fucking star. Anyway, um, so actually, I'm really, I've got to go now, Ralph, because I'm really busy this weekend. Oh, what are you doing? I'm writing my own Christmas song. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm part way through it. I want to make sure that Sheeran doesn't get to the top of the chart. So I'm writing my own. It's, it's actually a fairly traditional um, story, really, like a Christmas song about how Santa delivers special surprises to all the boys and girls. <laughs> And how one particularly vexatious and irksome boy had a very smelly present delivered all over his front door and <laughs> back garden window. It's called Silent Shite. So I better get on with uh, finishing the end. Anyway, I'll talk to you in a minute on the old video vault. And Steve's right. He's going to be joining us in just a minute with his pick from the world of British cinema as we take a look at vampire movies as we head into this October Halloween season. Let's open up the old video vault. Here in the Batcave, we have a giant vault which holds every piece of cinema known to man. From time to time, we go in there and we pick out three suggestions for you to check out over the weekend. And because we are heading to the spooky season of Halloween, we decided to look at 
spooky movies all month long, starting off with vampire movies. Now, here's the thing about vampire movies. Mm -hmm. They can be ridiculous, yes. even when they're serious. Yes. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, each of us has gone with the, the lighter side of vampire movies. Originally, I was going to make my pick John Carpenter's Vampires, which I like a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a very sort of goofy, almost paramilitary attack on vampires, modernized version of Vampire Hunters. Yeah. But I'm hard-pressed to recommend any James Woods film, really, <laughs> frankly. So I thought about some other films that I really like, and I decided to go with 1978's sexploitation horror film called Vampire Hookers. Ooh. Vampire Hookers is one of those films that is so awful. It's endlessly entertaining. Poorly photographed in 16 millimeter oh, originally. 16 yes. millimeter. Bad lighting, uh, badly synced dialogue, <laughs> bad performances. It's got everything you want in sort of a mystery science theater way kind oh, of movie watching movie. experience. It stars the late John Carradine, who did a ton of horror films. This is late in his career and life. And he plays a vampire named Richmond Reed who needs fresh blood in order to continue living. And so he recruits three female vampires to pose as prostitutes to lure young sailors into their lair so they can bite and uh, suck their blood. <laughs> there is plenty of gratuitous nudity, uh -huh. a lot of boobies. Of course. A lot of bad jokes. Oh, yeah. In fact, the uh, Renfield-type character, a, uh, a, um, a Filipino, I forget the character's name, Pavo, I believe it is, he'll never become a vampire because he farts too much. <laughs> and his the smell of his farts is so awful that no one can stand to be near him and bite him. So he just serves as sort of like the uh, lackey to the rest of the vampires. He cannot fart for like five minutes? He sleeps in a, in a makeshift coffin of his own making with a tube that comes out of the coffin so he can breathe because he can't stand the smell of his own farts in the coffin. Are you sure I didn't pick this movie? I, I thought of that as I was picking this. I said, this is the kind of movie Eddie would like for all the wrong reasons, but I like it for the right reasons because it's fun to watch garbage sometime. I didn't even bother bringing a clip in. I'm just going to play the theme song okay. from Vampire Hookers. Now, please, don't be confused with the Vampire Prostitutes or Lust of the Vampire Hookers, other films right. of the same, similar name. Same universe? But fine, no, it's a different universe. So you got to find <laughs> Vampire Hookers from 1978. Here's the theme song. Vampire hookers and blood isn't all they suck. That's all you need to know. Here's another light side of vampirism with Steve Ashton picking a film from the world of British cinema. Oh, Steve. Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've got so many to choose from. Specifically, if you think the movies of the man who is ubiquitous with the most famous of all vampires, 
Dracula, and that is, of course, Gary Oldman. Well, uh, what? No. I'm, I'm talking, of course, Christopher Lee. Now, he was part of a movie series made by the Hammer Production Company where they produced a slew, really, of Dracula-themed movies in the 60s and 70s. Now, uh, yeah, the very first one actually was in 58, and it starred... Um, Christopher Lee and his nemesis Van Helsing, played by Peter Cushing. That was Dracula. You also had the Brides of Dracula, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, Taste the Blood of Dracula, Scars <laughs> of Dracula, The Satanic Rites of Dracula, The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which was a Kung Fu Dracula movie. Can you believe that? Well known genre. Um, you also had Count Dracula and Dracula and Son. They're all the movies that Hammer made. Uh, it sounds like it sounds like something that Harry Potter would be. You know what I mean? Part of that kind of series of just throwing any old fucking Dra- Dracula and his trip down to the uh, to the CVS, uh, Dracula uh, and, and his prostate exam. But so I've gone actually, I've gone for Dracula AD 1972. Now it's unlike earlier films in the Hammer's ser- Dracula series, Dracula AD 1972 had a contemporary setting in an attempt to update the story for modern audiences. Now, Dracula is brought back to life in modern London, swinging London of 1972, and preys on a group of young partygoers that includes the descendant of his nemesis, Van Helsing. It, of course, stars uh, the wonderful Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And honestly, this is... You know, Eddie chooses bad movies and thinks they're good. Yes. This, this, is, a ba- this is a bad movie... It's just bad, but it's so bad it comes all the way around and it's good. It's shit-tastic. It's got a 22% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how bad. I mean, it's almost as bad as, you know, the Cobra Commander goes does Christmas or whatever. Oh, stop. Um, but, oh, I'm kidding. Don't start writing in. I love dear Edwin. Did he tell you I sent him, I got him a, a, a cameo for his wedding anniversary? No. He's a fucker like that. So ask him about it because I sent I sent him a cameo of the some English rapper, and I got him to <laughs> to rap um, to rap ha- to say it was actually saying happy birthday, but I sent it in time for his anniversary, and he <laughs> just slightly bizarre from Stanley the dog, um, and I got him to say uh, a day 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 like in a rap. So get him to play it for you. All right, I will. Anyway, here it is, Dracula AD. 1972. Who knows about vampires, for God's sake? My grandfather died fighting a vampire. The most terrible, the most dangerous vampire of all time. The year is 1972. A leap year in horror. A vintage year for vampires. Masters of Horror to meet again in the 20th century. Come to me, Count Dracula! So we got Vampire Hookers, we have Dracula AD 1972. That's a good one. And now for our our trilogy of goofy... (laughs) vampire films this one may be the most disturbing of all quite frankly here's eddie pence with his pick <laughs> i i chose 1985's once bitten yeah jim, K- jim, jim carrey. carrey sucks should have been on the poster for this one 
You don't like Jim Carrey? He's fine in some things, but he's not good in this. Well, he, well, he hadn't found out who Jim Carrey was at this point. I this suppose. was like his first thing. It was his first big his movie His first role. motion yeah. picture. It's directed by uh, Howard Storm. It's starring the, the, the sultry Lauren Hutton. She looked good in it. She did. I gotta say. She did. And then uh, uh, Karen Coppins played his... Coppins. Karen Coppins, yeah. played uh, Jim Carrey's girlfriend. So, God I had it. a crush on her back in the day. I was like 85. I was like sixth grade, and I was just starting to notice girls, and like it hit me at the right time yeah. to watch this movie about him trying to get laid the whole movie so he's not a vampire. Yeah, he's, he plays a virgin, right? It, well, and that's why Lauren Hutton wants him, because she, she needs virgin Yes, blood. Lauren Hutton is a vampire, very old vampire, who stays young by drinking the blood of a virgin before every Halloween. Right. And so she's having trouble finding a virgin in Los Angeles in the 80s because it's so hedonistic. We're all, we're all getting we're all, laid. No one, everyone's getting laid after they're 12 here. Right. So she's searching. She finally finds Jim Carrey, and he's having trouble trying to convince his girlfriend to have sex with him, so he's still a virgin. She ends up taking him back, seduces him, drinks his blood, makes him think they had sex though he's still a virgin because it takes three doses of yeah. the blood drinking she doesn't want to spoil no. it so it, you know, it leads up to you know him trying to get her trying to get that final dose of blood and then you know i don't want to give away the the, the ending no don't spoil it with what happens isn't this one of those movies where they're supposed to be in high school yeah jim carrey everyone looks like 30. they're about 30 <laughs> i also remember it's like that these people aren't in high no. school he, it was poorly cast for a high school film yeah but so were all the 80s it's uh Cleveland Little's in it though. That's right. He plays Sebastian. Her, her uh butler. Yeah, right? Sebastian. Her her uh her Renfield, he if does you will. Hardly anything in this. Yeah, except make some horrible gay stereotype yes. jokes. <laughs> well, it was the 80s. Yeah, it was. So yeah, you know. Here's a little scene from Once Bitten. I believe this clip has uh Jim strapped to a table. He's about to give her the last yeah, dose, the final dose of virgin blood that will will uh Use Make, him up. He'll no longer be useful. He'll be. He'll become it? a vampire. Oh, right. And she will get young again. Right. Here we go. Please, please don't bite the buttons off this jacket. It belongs to my father. Besides, you might chip a tooth. <laughs> They'll hardly bother these. I don't want to be a vampire. I'm a day person. <laughs> See, he's a day person. Right. That's the joke. That wouldn't be good for him no. being a vampire. He likes walking outside in the daytime. Yeah. It's a running joke. She bites the buttons off of his shirt yes. every time they get together, right? Yes. Yeah. And he keeps has buttonless shirts the whole movie. Whew, it's good stuff. It's it's good, it's good, man. Yeah. It's good. Once bitten. There you go. There's our trilogy of goofy vampire flicks that you can check out this weekend. Time to close up the old video vault. Before we say goodbye, time to check in with Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports to talk about the Urban Meyer debacle, Oof. but also pick some games to take a look at this weekend. It's a segment called What's the Buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Buzz, what's so good buzz? to see you again, my man. How you doing? NFL season, we're at the quarter pole. We would be if it was a 16-game season. So uh, all is going well right now, man. So far, so good. If you don't mind me saying, you look a little uh, worn out. Have you been partying with Urban Meyer? Have you been out there dancing, <laughs> dancing in the bars? I am. I am not. Neither. Yeah. So I was with my grandchildren. That's what I was doing, <laughs> just like Urban Meyer. <laughs> no, I have no grandchildren that I know of, and uh, and I have, and I'm just I'm just plain all worn out, brother. I don't have any good excuses or good stories like Urban Meyer. 
I'm kidding, of course, but uh, I'm not kidding about Urban there. Dancing with that young lady in that bar, grinding up on his crotch, seems to have gotten him in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Urban Meyer, just to bring everyone up to speed, coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the greatest college coaches of all time, jumps over to Jacksonville, uh, and everyone going in said that this was going to be a train wreck. It was going to be a nightmare. It was going to be a hurricane of, of, of shit just raining down. And guess what? All of that has happened. Every <laughs> single bit of that has happened. Uh, and the, the team is 0-4, and Meyer is apparently realizing that you can't run a pro team the way that he ran a college team. And uh, the last example of that, they played against uh, the Bengals Thursday night a week or so ago. Uh, he decides not to fly back with the team on the team plane, which in itself is bad enough, and then gets pictured at his own bar wearing an Ohio State shirt, as you mentioned, giving uh, giving a, apparently what looked like a, a uh, amateur proctological exam to a young lady, and uh, it was <laughs> it, it was just you know the, the arrogance and the indifference and just the, the the absolute belief that he's completely free from consequences is pretty stunning. Now, he has apologized for being a distraction, in quotes, <laughs> for the team, but I can't, I can't see this working out. Will he last the season? I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a whole theory afoot that he wants the job out at USC and mm. that this is a big false flag operation that he's tried to get himself fired. <laughs> he's, just doing, he's doing a real good job of it. Uh, the owner, uh, Shad Khan of the, of the Jaguars, had to come out and say that, that Meyer had to regain their trust. This is, again four games into the NFL season and he's already got to regain their trust with, with the exception of Pete Carroll. It seems to me that when these big time college coaches try to make the jump to the pros, it almost never works out. Yeah, you're right. And it's because of the way that they are, particularly now, the way that they're treated. I mean, they are gods in these small towns where they play and they, they are completely free from consequences. They can push around administrators. They can push around the, the poor student journalists working at the paper. They, you know, all of the boosters just line up to, to kiss their butts. And most importantly, they've got control of the scholarships of these players that, that are underneath them. Now, so they have complete power. They are, they are absolute deities there. But then in the NFL, the power dynamic is completely reversed. The coach is making a lot less than most of his players. The owner has a ton more money than the coach. And all of a sudden, the coach is, is just a cog in the machine. And for someone like Meyer, who's a control freak, it's not working well for him. Why do you think they're playing so poorly? Is it just he's not matching the system to the personnel? Yeah, I think that that's that's it. I mean, the first of all, first of all, they sucked as a team to begin with. It's not like he was. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. It's not like he was inheriting the Kansas City Chiefs or anything. They were one in fifteen last year. There's a reason they got the number one pick. So he was starting from from below ground zero, but uh, ground level. But but you know, he has not seemed to adapt all of his his play calling. He's got Trevor Lawrence, the number one uh, draft pick from this year, and he just has not seemed to be particularly imaginative or creative, and have coaches that can do the same thing. They just seem overmatched. They they went out to a 14-0 lead over Cincinnati last week and then let it slip away. They just don't seem to be able to put it all together yet. And that's not something that you can learn on the fly. It's like, you know, changing a, a tire while your car's on the highway. It's just not going to work. <laughs> well, let's take a look at some of the games coming up this weekend. We'll start off with uh, Eddie's Washington football team taking on the Saints. And I was surprised to see that this line is closer than than some people would guess. 
Yeah, the Saints are, are only uh, one and a half point favorites here, and it's on the road in Washington. So that that lovely stadium, FedEx Field, is going to get to see the Saints. <laughs> God, it's, it's one of the it's one of the worst stadiums out there, um, and it's only it's not even that old. It's only about twenty years old, but that's ancient in current terms. But anyway, uh, this is actually a surprisingly good matchup in that both these teams are two and two, and both of them could be a lot better. Neither one of them has really played up to their potential. And Taylor Heineke, we, I think we've talked about him before. He was the, the guy that's, that's kind of come on and jumped into the starting role. He hasn't been terrible, you know, it's, and, and the Saints passing defense is frankly pretty bad. So he's got opportunities here. The question is, is how New Orleans is going to perform with Jameis Winston, the infamous uh, quarterback from Tampa Bay and Florida State. He's, he's having a little bit of a resurgence, but is he, are we going to get good Jameis or bad Jameis this weekend? I mean, it's it it the entire game revolves around that. If Jameis is, is playing up to his potential, is going to be a runaway. But uh, there's there's a lot of signs that he may not. Right. Um, it's hard to say at this stage in the season, as you mentioned, we're only about a quarter of the way into it. But this weekend's Eagles game against the Panthers, I may just be panicking, but it feels like a must win for the Eagles. Yeah, you're not you're not panicking. You're right. This is this is. One of these games that the Eagles are going to have to win if they're going to keep pace with Dallas in the sense that, that this is a winnable game. This is not like last weekend with the Chiefs. We all knew that they were getting fed into a meat grinder and they hung in there for a long time. They were, yeah. I mean, how did you feel about that? They were in the, they were in it into the fourth quarter. I thought they had a shot. I mean, obviously you can't go down there and get field goals against the Chiefs. You got to put right. it in the end zone. And that was their ultimate undoing. But I was kind of encouraged by the fact that they were hanging in. That's the, that's the key is they were hanging in. I mean, but there are not any moral victories in the NFL. They got to do more than that. And they made a lot of mistakes. They had three touchdowns taken off the board last week because of penalties. I'm sorry to bring up bad memories. No, this is, this is the kind of stuff that they can't do against Carolina because Carolina is favored by three this weekend. Carolina is, is a team that's on the rise and, they had a little bit of a stumble last week against Dallas, but Sam Darnold, you know, once he's free from the Jets, all of a sudden he seems to be a completely different player. There is opportunity here for the Eagles. You know, Jalen Hurts is looking good. Devontae Smith, you know, the two of them are connecting really, really well. So they can they can win this game and they need to win this game in order to keep pace. And lastly, this is, I think, the uh, premier matchup of the week. Bills at Chiefs, two good teams battling it out in the AFC. What do you see? Yeah, this is the Sunday night game. I love that NBC just throws its weight around Sunday night and says, we, we will take this game here. They just <laughs> they just go and pluck the, the best game of the week and grab it. Uh, the, the Bills defense is outstanding. Now, they're a little bit outstanding because they, they, they are coming off a weekend where they were playing Houston. And I think that you and I could rack up a few interceptions against the Texans at this point. But even so... The Bills got four of them. I mean, they looked great. The Chiefs still seem to be figuring it out. They don't quite seem to be the team that they were in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, we just talked about how they did against the Eagles, but still, they're not quite there. This seems to tilt, even though the Chiefs are favored by three, everything seems to be tilting the Bills' way. But you're, you're right. This is kind of, a you know, the, the clash of the Titans here, king of the mountain for the AFC this week. And it's going to be a fun game. All right, buddy. Great insight as always. Thanks for giving us some of your time. And we'll talk again next week. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go see my grandchildren now and you're welcome to come meet them. They're, they're you know, quite attractive. you got some good looking kids there. <laughs> and that's it for today's show, kids. Thank you so much for spending the week with us. We'll talk to you next week on a Monday. We'll have more jocularity and good natured ribbing. <laughs> the Ralph Report. Five kilos of cocaine and I'm good to go. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe it was one that said, I, uh, this, that shit yourself good.
the Ralph report. It shits your pants good. <laughs> Don't you sell the Garmy shorts. No, I you know, can't always bad. can't always just squeeze them in, but uh <laughs> like yo yo ma, we're shit your pants good. Come on back on Monday kids, please. We need you. We'll talk to you then. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, okay? Stay good in the hood. Vaccines, masks, all that stuff. Stay sweet at six feet. Because life is life. We want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, love you. Mean it. Bye.